0: Support for Yale Cancer Answers comes from AstraZeneca, dedicated to advancing options and providing hope for people living with cancer. More information at AstraZeneca-US.com. Welcome to Yale Cancer Answers with your host, Dr. Anish Chagpar. Yale Cancer Answers features the latest information on cancer care by welcoming oncologists and specialists who are on the forefront of the battle to fight cancer. This week, it's a conversation about integrative medicine and the challenges of dealing with cancer during the pandemic with Dr. Gary Sofer. Dr. Sofer is the director of the integrative medicine program at Smilo Cancer Hospital and an assistant professor of clinical pediatrics at the Yale School of Medicine, where Dr. Chagpar is a professor of surgical oncology.
1: So Gary, maybe we can start off by you telling us a little bit more about yourself and about what exactly you do.
2: Sure. So um, it's it's funny. I always start my integrative medicine appointments with tell me about yourself and the patients tend to dive into their cancer diagnosis. So um, so I'm and then I correct them. So I'm going to avoid that. I'm going to say uh, I'm a father of two. I am happily married. Uh, we live in Connecticut and I enjoy things like yoga and meditation and I love my job. But I will talk about what people are probably a little more interested in, which is <laughs> what, I, what I actually do. Um, so I specialize in something called integrative medicine. And I also specialize in something called allergy and immunology. Um, I think for a while, people saw this as a, as a strange combination. But as, as COVID's coming up, I think the, the conversations about integrative medicine and immunology are becoming more and more prevalent. So it's, it's given me an interesting space to talk about these things.
1: So maybe dive a little bit more into what exactly is integrative medicine. I mean, I think it's one of these terms that might be a little confusing to people.
2: Yeah, it's a little confusing to me, to be quite honest. So, you know, it, it really does depend on where you look. And I think each individual practitioner of integrative medicine, for better or for worse, sort of has their own take on it. But, you know, the way I see it is that integrative medicine just simply... Incorporates into conventional care what kept people healthy before the advent of modern medicine um, and all these wonderful things that we have, and bringing that in and reminding ourselves that these things did have value and they had importance. And then, you know, the other thing that we really think about is what is the least invasive way to make a patient feel better, you know, and Sometimes that's about helping the cancer, but sometimes that's just also about changing the journey and 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 changing how they feel about their disease and how they experience their disease day to day
1: and so I mean, the least invasive way to make somebody feel better might be not to treat a cancer with things like surgery, radiation, or chemotherapy. Um, but it sounds like that's not really where you're at, is it?
2: So where I'm at is, is speaking to the patient and, and respecting their autonomy and, and understanding where they're coming from. I'm on the side of conventional medicine in the sense that I truly believe in my heart that that is the best cure for cancer. Um, but sometimes that's not what the patient is looking for. And we have to understand that and we have to have that conversation.
1: Right. And, Look, and you, know, you know, go ahead.
2: You know, part of part of the reason that patient, it's, it's important to ask the question of why do patients seek out integrative medicine? What are they looking for? And it's easy to say, well, they're looking for more natural options. but and, and that's true to a certain degree. But I think what we also have to understand is that they're looking for autonomy. They're looking for a way to participate in their care. And so if they do their research and they find some herb that their doctor didn't tell them about, well, that makes them feel empowered. It makes them feel a part of their care. So, you know, really part of integrative medicine is giving – the patients, those tools and techniques, in a safe way that they can participate in their care, and they don't just have to sit back and, you know, get the chemotherapy treatment done yeah, to them. Totally. Yeah. Totally.
1: Yeah. No, I I totally get that, and I think the other thing is is that when you talk to patients and um, and you ask them, you know, why are they seeking out integrative care? A lot of times, it's because conventional care is scary. Because chemotherapy is scary, uh, people don't want to feel sick. They don't want to. They don't. They don't want to feel nauseous. Um, you know, and and I think that oftentimes I find that integrative care can actually help people to get through conventional treatments um, and, and get over kind of that fear um, that helps them to get through that journey.
2: For sure. You know, there's a, there's a concept in Tibetan Buddhism called dukkha and dukkha roughly translates into suffering, but I really hate that translation. And what I, what I think it really means is, is feeling unsettled and this feeling uh, of, of just constant stimulation in our head and this chatter that keeps going and going and going. And am I going to feel horrible? Am I going to feel nauseous? You know, when I, when I, when I, treat kids and I see kids you know what I try to remind them is that the anticipation of of getting a shot or getting a needle is just so much worse than the needle itself and that's not to diminish the the sensations or the experiences that people have while on chemotherapy but you know these these but where integrative medicine really really can help is is changing how we sort of view it, how we experience it and how we, you know, approach all all of these experiences.
1: And so let's let's unpack a, a little bit about that. So, you know, cancer is is a scary diagnosis for anybody, no matter how strong you think you are. Um, deep down inside, everybody is a little bit fearful of not only the diagnosis but the treatment and the prognosis. So, how do you use integrative medicine to get get people to to settle that unsettled feeling?
2: So, I mean, we have lots of different techniques, and you know. Obviously, the things that come to mind are mindfulness and yoga, but every patient is different and every patient needs to find that thing that does it for them. So I have patients who knit and that's that's a pretty mindfulness exercise, but we don't really think about it that way or drawing or coloring or just finding ways to be present.
1: And that's so so important. But what about people who kind of have difficulty with that? Because I think that, you know, oftentimes in mindfulness practice, people tell you to kind of focus on the present and be present and focus on the breath and so on and so forth. But for many patients, I can just imagine that, you know, their head is going to... I just was diagnosed with cancer. I've got a doctor's appointment in three days. My test results are coming back. I have to think about, you know, my next chemotherapy. And on top of all of that, especially now, we're living in this crazy world of COVID. So I'm worried about my kids getting infected. I'm worried about homeschooling or whether they should go to school and how that affects me and, and all of that chatter, um, it, it you know, I think it it just might be difficult to really kind of be mindful. So what tips do you have for people to kind of get settled in that unsettled feeling? Yeah. So first of all, anybody
2: who tells you they're a good meditator is a liar. It's hard work. (laughs) You know, it's, it's, it's not, it's, it's a practice and it's called a practice for a reason. It's because we're, we're constantly striving for a little bit better. You know, there's, there's a concept in mindfulness and meditation that I talk to a lot of my patients about, which is, which is we can't control the first thought. Whatever pops into our head is human. It's natural. We, you know, whatever comes into our mind is there. What we have control over is the second thought. And that's where the practice of mindfulness comes in. That's where we learn to exercise our brains in a way that say, okay, the first thought came in, but where's the second thought going to take me? where are we going to go with this? You know, this, this isn't a band aid. It's not a quick and easy fix. It's, you know, it it takes work and it takes practice. And look, ideally all of my patients have been meditating for years before they get the diagnosis. But let's be honest, the moments that they start to explore these ideas and think about them and see the value in them is truly when they're struggling and when they're suffering. And so we have to meet them there, you know?
1: Yeah. And I can just imagine that, you know, it may be difficult, especially when you're you're thinking about everything else that's going on in the world now to kind of try to practice mindfulness. I mean, it's just one more thing. And that might not be your thing, you know. And that's
2: sort of the beauty of integrative medicine is we have so many different tools in our toolbox to bring patients to that place. And it may just not be about sitting, you know, cross-legged someplace. It may just be simply about going for a walk without your cell phone. That's a pretty mindful activity, but people don't think about it like that, you know? So it's about looking at your patients, seeing what their value system is, seeing what's important to them and, and reminding them of that because it gets so lost. All of a sudden, You get a diagnosis, and you're a medical record number, and you're the next patient on the doctor's schedule, and you have 15 minutes to ask whatever you want to ask to your doctor, and you forgot 12 of the questions you wanted to ask, and then you leave. And then you show up the next day, and you get your chemotherapy, and nobody knows your name, and nobody knows who you are. And it's it can be a very depersonalizing experience when your entire experience is unique what you're feeling is so unique and, and so independent of, you know, Anise, you treat patients with breast cancer and you know every patient with breast cancer experiences it differently. their Their pathology, their genetics, everything might be identical on paper, but who they are, how they experience their disease is completely unique. And so, I'm not going to prescribe mindfulness to everybody. I certainly don't. You know, I think it's the wrong decision for people, but there are certain patients who it works well with. And the reason why we like it so much is going back to that, you know, this original concept of is this invasive? Well, it's not really that invasive. Is this safe? It is safe. It's a, you know, it's, it, it's it's generally not a harmful practice for patients and so it's it's a really helpful tool in the toolbox but it's not the only one
1: yeah and you know the, the integrative medicine though as you say has got so many tools in the toolbox um some of which are really um kind of mindfulness based um uh But others are things that um, may stem from other ancient practices, as you talked about as well. So I can imagine things like Ayurvedic medicine or um, complementary therapies um, with herbal supplements or acupuncture or acupressure. How do all of these other uh, modalities play into a cancer patient's journey as well?
2: So again, it's about meeting patients where they are and what their what their hopes and expectations are, and sort of what they want out of this. You know, we have a lot of success with with certain patients with acupuncture, um, our neuropathic patients who haven't been able to find anything else to to help treat that pain or that discomfort. That's really helpful. Um, you know, I also find you know. Finding a patient's tradition and and where they come from and their roots is also really meaningful. So oftentimes I will talk to patients of Indian descent and talk about Ayurveda because that's what their grandmother did. And that grounds them. It roots them in something. And you know, on top of that, there are certainly certain herbs that come from Ayurveda that that have been shown to be helpful in certain patients. So Boswellia, for example, is is a pretty safe herb to give patients and it can be helpful. And they're looking for something like that. Sometimes we will add it.
1: Yeah, I I think that that concept of really meeting people where they are and um, letting them experience their journey and participate in their journey is so important. We're going to learn a lot more uh, from you about how to deal with cancer, particularly during these COVID times, right after we take a short break for a medical
0: minute. Support for Yale Cancer Answers comes from AstraZeneca, a science-led biopharmaceutical company dedicated to partnering across the oncology community to improve outcomes across various stages of cancer. More at AstraZeneca-US.com. This is a Medical Minute about genetic testing, which can be useful for people with certain types of cancer that seem to run in their families. Patients that are considered at risk receive genetic counseling and testing so informed medical decisions can be based on their own personal risk assessment. Resources for genetic counseling and testing are available at federally designated comprehensive cancer centers. Interdisciplinary teams include geneticists, genetic counselors, physicians, and nurses who work together to provide risk assessment and steps to prevent the development of cancer. More information is available at YaleCancerCenter.org. You're listening to Connecticut Public Radio.
1: Welcome back to Yale Cancer Answers. This is Dr. Anise Chagpar and I'm joined tonight by my guest, Dr. Gary Sofer. We are talking about dealing with cancer, particularly during the times of COVID and how integrative medicine can really help with that. Now, Gary, right before the break, we were talking about cancer in general being a really scary diagnosis and how Integrative medicine can really help to meet patients where they are in that journey and make it just a little bit more tolerable. But I can imagine that particularly now during COVID, it's worse. What are you seeing from patients in terms of, you know, how they're coping with this? They, you know, might not be able to see their doctor face to face without a computer screen in between them. They may have had their therapies delayed. I mean, I can imagine that what is normally a stressful experience just got a whole lot more stressful.
2: You know, it's, it's interesting. I mentioned to you before that I see pediatric allergy and immunology patients in addition to my work at Smilo and integrative medicine. And yes, our, our cancer patients are really dealing with a unique struggle right now. And there's very real and practical concerns about, you know, their immune system being suppressed from their chemotherapy. Um, the added loneliness that, you know, we talked about them, how, how cancer can be isolating. There's an added loneliness because now, you know, you're socially isolating from people. Um, but I also find that many of my, you know, allergy and immunology patients are, are doing worse because they haven't quite explored these, these greater esoteric questions that, that our cancer patients have, you know, they haven't explored with, they they haven't been forced to explore with the unknown and the unexpected they haven't been forced to understand what it means when your when your body isn't working in your favor and sure they have their own conditions and their own diseases but for the most part the quality of life that they're experiencing is is very very different you know our cancer patients have been through that journey to a certain degree so sometimes it's just simply reminding them of, of what they've already Persevered through, and and that this is simply a part of that journey. Um, it's it's a mixed bag, and there's no there's no good answer. You know, I will say this. So we've we've started doing things um, almost completely virtually in integrative medicine. I was pretty reluctant uh, at the beginning to do that. I figured, you know, integrative medicine is about touch and it's about this human connection. But I've been having really, really meaningful interactions with patients just over the internet. And I think part of that is patients are in their environment. They're comfortable. They're at home. They're in the seat that they love the most. You know, I've really come to hate the term social distancing because I'm continuing to have very meaningful human social interactions with people. Yeah and yes i'm physically distancing that's for sure but i'm certainly i'm certainly not socially distancing
1: yeah no i agree completely i like to think of it as healthy distancing um as opposed to social distancing and you know something that you said really struck a chord with me which is that you know cancer patients often have gone through some of that mental journey of you know what's What's life about and what's meaningful and what matters? And, and I think that for, for others that this may be a whole new kind of concept, um, to, to grapple with. And, and I find that so often many of my cancer patients, um, really use this diagnosis as almost a, a teachable or a life-changing moment, um, a chance to, you know, um, nurture relationships that get even better, um, you know prune um, some relationships that may not have been so healthy, grab hold of experiences that um, they really want to savor. And that whole concept of gratitude and, you know, kind of sucking the marrow out of life and knowing how vital it is to really um, experience all that life has to offer is something that cancer patients really um, often have, have come to.
2: Yeah. I mean, you know, the mo- you know, I think back about the moments that I really fell in love with the practice of integrative medicine. And, you know, I had done acupuncture when I was 13 and I had meditated when I was a little older and I traveled around the world and saw, you know, different cultures that practice different ways. But one of the moments that I really, really knew this was something that was important to me was when I was reading the integrative medicine textbook. And it said, the benefits of ADHD are, and I was like, whoa, the benefits of ADHD. I mean, I had been taught my entire life, this is a pathology, this is a disease, this is a problem, this needs to be medicated. And it shifted my perspective. And I I brought that up to one patient at one point and, you know, they started, they broke down in front of me and they said, you know, this isn't, this isn't how i would have wanted it but i've strengthened my relationships i've been reading more i've been doing the things that i enjoy more in some ways i'm happier and you know that is really what integrative medicine is about
1: yeah And I think that, you know, especially with this pandemic, so many of us are going through that same sort of process. I mean, on the one hand. Yeah. Who knew? I'm sorry. Go ahead. Who knew everybody loved making sourdough bread? Yeah. You know, on the one hand, we've had this virus and I don't want to diminish, diminish its effects at all. I mean, it certainly has cost so many people their lives. It has, you know, turned our economy upside down. It has certainly, you know, really changed how we do so many things. But there's so much now that um, that we're able to do that we didn't think that we could before and that um, so many things that I'm now so grateful for um, that I think I used to take for granted.
2: Yeah, I mean, this is this is what we were talking about before. Right. The first thought is this is a horrible thing. COVID is a horrible thing. So what do we do with that thought? And this is where the mindfulness practice comes in. What do we do with that thought? Do we continue down that path? This is horrible. I feel horrible. I can't stand this. Or do we say, this is horrible. I'm going to go make my sourdough bread. Yeah. This is horrible. I'm going to go take that course that I never took before online. This is horrible. I'm going to go play my guitar for the first time in a very long time. And so, you know, there are even we're not diminishing what this means on a greater level but there are so many opportunities here you know to to better yourself and better your being and better your experience i
1: i love that i never thought that that what i was doing in terms of being grateful for or seeing the positives in a pandemic was really a mindfulness practice but when you put it that way i guess it kind of is <laughs> I like the things. So. <laughs> so I I wanna I wanna dig into some of the 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 things that are really tragic about this pandemic though, because you know, there are people who um have been diagnosed with cancer. There are people who have been diagnosed with cancer and COVID. There are people who have lost their lives or their loved ones um, with one or both of those diagnoses. And sadly, even in these times, you know, when you talk about human connection and not being able to be there to touch your patients... I can imagine what it feels like to be a family member who can't go to a funeral because of, you know, regulations regarding the number of people who can attend. How do you get people through that?
2: You know, sometimes you don't. Sometimes you just let them be present. You know, we have such a tendency to to try to make people feel better. You know, this will all be okay. This will all go away. This will all be better. Sometimes it's just a matter of letting them be in that moment and experience that moment because, you know, you can pardon my French, but it sucks. Yeah, totally. You know, it, it it's not, you know, it's tough. It's tough, you know, and you want to be there and you can't be there. And how you've been conditioned to experience humanity has, has been completely turned on its head. And we have to give... People permission to experience that and to be there.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that is, it it really, it really is difficult. Um, And I can imagine how, you know, talking to somebody like yourself, somebody who specializes in integrative medicine, somebody who has been practicing mindfulness for a long time can really give people that, that space to, to kind of explore that. Um, I want to get Back into kind of some of the other alternative therapies, too, that our listeners might be thinking about or wondering about. And I really loved that concept of, you know, trying to explore people's own cultures and what might resonate for them. Um But for people who are just kind of, you know, on the periphery of this, they may have heard about some of these things. Maybe some of their friends have told them, well, you know, you really ought to try turmeric um, or, uh, you know, vitamin C cleanses or um, or acupressure or whatever. Um, You know, are there are there data that these practices can help? And um Is there a difference between using them as an alternative uh, form of therapy uh, or um, are they better positioned uh, potentially to help with some of the side effects of standard therapy? Like, Talk a little bit about how people who may be new to the whole space of complementary and alternative medicine might find out more.
2: Yeah, so there's there's a lot to unpack there. Um, you know, first and foremost, you know, the answer to is is an alternative option better? I I don't believe so, and I don't think the research shows that. But what we provide. Is a space for you to ask those questions. So, if we have patients on tons and tons of supplements, we work with a pharmacist to go over to see if they're safe and to see if they're beneficial. You know, the the state of research in integrative medicine certainly lacks, um, but that's why the questions of is this a burden to the patient or is this safe for the patient becomes so important because sometimes. Things that are safe for the patient may also be effective. Look, I think in conventional medicine, our biggest issue is that we see medical treatment as a, in, in a group of a thousand or ten thousand. And in ten thousand people, this worked for eight thousand. That's a good number, right? That's a really good number. Um, but we're ignoring the two thousand. And then on the other side, we might look at an herb and say, well, this only worked for 10 people out of 100. Well, if you're that one of those 10 people, this is this is could be really life-changing. This could be really helpful. And so, you know, in integrative medicine, it's important to give space for that while not while not coming against the wall or hurting the conventional treatment, which is probably the safest bet for you, which is probably the, the smartest decision for you. So with herbs and supplements, it takes more work diving in because they are interactions, but with other practices such as acupuncture, massage therapy, Reiki, these are practices that there is certainly data that exists for some of them, but we also have to put it in the perspective of it's safe, and and if it makes that patient, that individual, that one person feel better then it works, then it's meaningful. Yeah,
1: and it's important to honor that patient and their individuality. And the, the great news is that you can do both. Um, you know, totally. it, it, it isn't a, a one or the other. It frequently is both. And so I think one of the, the critical things uh, is to really, you know, talk to your doctor, talk to your team and um, have that space to have that conversation um, so that you can take care of all all of you. Um, Gary? Totally. Because there's things that
2: don't get talked about in, in that 15 minutes that you're with your doctor and that's things like sleep or nutrition or exercise and coming to integrative medicine and being given that space is is so important to the care of the patient.
0: Dr. Gary Sofer is an assistant professor of clinical pediatrics and director of the integrative medicine program at Smilo Cancer Hospital. If you have questions, the address is yale.edu and past editions of the program are available in audio and written form at yalecancercenter.org. We hope you'll join us next week to learn more about the fight against cancer here on Connecticut Public Radio.